This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I continue our stadium tour as we visit the home of the Toronto Blue Jays and the Detroit Tigers. If you haven't yet listened to our Cooperstown episode, I recommend you start there and follow us as we drive from the MLB Hall of Fame to the Rogers Center and then Comerica Park. No guests this week as we instead record from our seats inside the ballpark and in the car discussing these two very different baseball stadiums. We pick up the conversation inside the Rogers Center. We have made it to the Great White North. We are sitting in the Rogers Center, is how I'll pronounce it. Good, good man, good. Thank you very much. We have been watching the the Seattle Mariners face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. We both got to see King Felix for the first time, which was very, very exciting. And he pitched a pretty decent game, despite giving up a solo shot to the Birdman himself, Edwin Encarnacion. And I want to say there's a couple other things I really liked about watching Felix. There, there was more than once where he really gave a nice, like, acknowledgement to his fielders for a couple different plays. I just, I felt like he, 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 he was. It is the bottom of the eighth right now, by the way, and the Blue Jays are down four to one, and they just let off the bottom of the eighth with a single. Um, so I just, you know, just like he's King Felix is such a superstar. He's like arguably. Certainly, to me, he's like the best pitcher in the American League. Maybe one of the like one of the two or three best. I pitchers. he's one in one A with Kershaw. Yeah, um, of all in all of baseball, and he just seemed like he had a really, I don't know, fo- he was like focused, but there just it, there was something about it. He felt very much like a teammate. And Absolutely, he just seems like a good guy. And I want to not interrupt Anthony, but we want to just quickly make a little left turn here to have you listen to this crowd, which has been very quiet all game, but. Muninori Kawasaki, and I apologize for the pronunciation of that, just got called up today, and I am in love with Kawasaki, as is the Blue Jays fan base, and he's pretty much the only player that they go nuts for, and he sadly just hit into a double play, but he is their nine hitter, and the only player that they chanted for tonight was Kawasaki, because he is fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> and the gentlemen behind us are chanting back to Buffalo because Mr. Kawasaki has not had a very good day today. But, uh, Anthony, what do you think about the Rogers Centre? Ah, I went back. I'm going to change it up on you. Um, you know, it's a dome stadium, and it's, like, <laughs> old-fashioned, and it's, it's not very pretty. There is, I mean, we've, I, as, you know, I've been in Toronto many times, working here a few times, and I've always found... People who live here to be quite friendly and fun to talk to and interesting and interested. And that's been the case with our seatmates on all sides of us and behind us. So that's been cool. But as a ballpark itself, I don't think it's a very pleasant place to see a ball game. But there is one thing that you noticed that you would like to, I think, oh, yeah. give them credit for. Oh, yeah. Their, their video board programming is quite excellent. It's never super. It's never flashy during the during the game, as most things aren't. Um, but like they're, the, whoever's doing their like camera work and editing on 
clips and plays. They had a cool thing before the game started of a recap of last night's game, the Blue Jays game that they won. You know, there's just, and it's it's well done. It's like, it's well edited. It's not like, it's it, the graphics are cool. It's, it's, it feels very modern in a cool way. You know, so I, for the use, if you're gonna have these big video scoreboards, I think they're doing it right. Yeah, you know, I've, I've I'm not the biggest fan of the Rogers Center. Uh, I do like a lot of the fans here, but I think that they could do a little bit more to honor their baseball legacy. Um, as of now, there really is no mention, aside from Joe Carter's name is up on uh, the facade, but um, there's no statues for him. There's no pictures of him. There's really no, aside from the banners, there's no mention of the 92-93 World Series, which in the pantheon of, of Major League Baseball history, that 93 World Series is one of the greatest of all time. Uh-oh, and we got a foul ball that just landed about five rows behind us. Wow, more than five. I can't count. About 15 rows behind us. But, uh, I don't know, that was fun. But the uh, the AstroTurf, thankfully, will be going away pretty soon here. Um, I'd certainly much rather see a game with the roof open, too. Than yeah, sadly, it's a little bit chilly here tonight, so the roof is closed. But we are going to leave you with that for now and we'll talk to you probably as we drive from Toronto to Detroit but we want to enjoy the last uh, seven outs of this game that uh, are left so we will uh, talk to you from the road ladies and gentlemen thank you so much with Felix Hernandez dealing it looked as if the Seattle Mariners had this game in hand enter Fernando Rodney this once lights out closer had been struggling in recent weeks, and today's game was no exception. We pick up the action in the bottom of the ninth, with the Blue Jays threatening to ruin King Felix's quality start. Chris Colabello, who previously was responsible for pretty much allowing three of the runs on some bad defensive plays, just crushed a two run home run to bring the score. The four to three, and there is a, listen to this crowd. Kevin Pillar with a bunt base hit, diving at the bag to avoid the tag. But it looks like there might be a challenge. You can hear this crowd. There was a meeting of the umpires, and it looks like there is going to be a challenge. They have nothing to lose with challenge, yeah. Absolutely not. But this this place actually it was clear as he was running. If he tagged him out from this angle, it couldn't tell. And it seems like the home plate umpire had a question whether or not he was tagged. Also, so and then I think then McClendon is. But I will say this: Anthony and I have been basically speaking to each other in a in hushed tones all game for fear of, of interfering other people's conversations because it's so quiet in here. But this place came unglued at the Colabella home run. And as you could hear from the Kevin Pillar bunt, they said, and here we go. Well, we can't see from that angle. But the crowd seems to think he's safe. Anthony seems to think that he's out. Let's take a look from this other angle here. Missed the tag there. Got his leg, maybe. Yeah, but he, it may not be enough to overturn. It was both saved. 
I got my rally cap on right now. It's four to three. He got his foot. There's, it bounced off of it. It bounced off of it. Come out! And he is out. That is a rally killer. You can see the glove bounce off the <laughs> Anthony's apologizing to our seatmates right now. The crowd showing their displeasure. But I do enjoy the fact this crowd is actually pumped up right now. And now Josh Donaldson is at the plate. I'm seeing rally caps being put on all around me. We got rally caps on. And Josh Donaldson. Fernando Rodney is on the mound. They must have faced each other many times, these two. Because Josh Donaldson is a former member of the Oakland A's, and Fernando Rodney's been the closer for the Mariners for a little minute now, so. They know each other well. I would think so. I wonder what his numbers are against him. I don't know. That's the thing that's not showing that on the scoreboard, so I don't know. That's yeah, a 2-0 count. That is something that maybe uh, Blue Jays video board operators, maybe that is something you could add. Is is pitcher matchup numbers based between each pitcher and batter? But I don't know. If sometimes I don't know if the batter wants to see that. You know what I mean? Sometimes That's oh, I guess for the home team you're right. So maybe for the, for the visiting team you throw that up there. Yeah, I don't, it seems like that's kind of like in baseball you don't do that, right? Yeah. Three and zero. He's he's pitching around him. Yeah, he's pitching around him. So that tells me that Josh Donaldson is probably slaughtered Fernando Rodney's <laughs> pitching before. We got Ryan Goings on deck, which, you know, I'm not sure he's he's a threat to th hit a home run. And Donaldson's probably not a threat to score from first. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Warning track power. That was 3-0 swing. 3-0 swinging, warning track power. The rally is over. Good night, everybody. The Blue Jays' valiant effort came up about 10 feet too short, as Rodney was able to close out the game and earn an ugly save. Our brief time in Toronto was coming to a close. Anthony and I spent one more night in the Great White North before making our way to Detroit. Up next, Anthony and I give our final thoughts on the Rogers Center and the great fans we met in Toronto. We have completed our international part of this tour and we were having so much fun that I actually forgot to turn the uh, recorder on so we've got a little bit of time to catch up on. I am very excited right now because we have crossed the border and we've crossed the border into my beloved Detroit so I am excited to see some familiar sights. So when you do a trip like the one that we're doing, a big part of it is not just in the baseball aspect of it, which is what we're doing. We're doing going and seeing a lot of baseball games, but we're driving a lot. We're seeing some of the country right now. A lot of the countries that we're seeing are kind of flat and uninteresting, but just the entire experience of doing a tour like this and going from park to park to park is more than just the ballpark. So have you been having a good time thus far? We've been on the road now for about four or five days. How you been feeling? I've been feeling swell. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised by the conversation. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm enjoying myself. Sure. Well, I don't know, because, because one of the things that I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill about most things. You are absolutely very chill about most things, but you know, one of the things that people bring up to me quite a bit when they hear about my uh, 30 stadium tour driving across the country is the long 
boredom, the, the trips down the road, and people can't really understand how one could be okay sitting in a car for so long pretty much every other day. And so what have we been filling our time with, basically? Well, we've been able to listen, like, on the, on the uh, trip out of Toronto, like, through most of Ontario, uh, across their province, um, we were listening to the broadcast of the Blue Jays game because we like to listen to any, any game of baseball, and that was a pleasure. That was a crisply played game between two struggling but potentially pretty good teams, the Blue Jays and the Mariners, as we saw last night, and it was another one-run game where the Mariners prevailed on the road with some good pitching and a couple clutch hits and some what sounded like some pretty good defense and another misplayed ball by their by the Blue Jays right fielder and stuff like that. So that like that's one of the ways. Um, I did I was able since you're insisting on doing all the driving, um, I was able to take a little nap, which is always sometimes there's that moment when you're on the in a vehicle, or at least when I'm in a vehicle and I feel that the nap the nap taking hold of my brain and it, it took hold and I went willingly into its loving arms. <laughs> you look very peaceful there. I was feeling quite peaceful. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally like, long trips don't, don't bore me or bother me. I'm, I got plenty to keep my, myself occupied. Um, you know, especially, I, I really do enjoy listening to, to ball games on the radio. I mean, well, so just right there, you should know by now, sir, that when I ask a question that seemingly has nothing to do with anything, that I have a reason for it, and that it is leading somewhere. And it led exactly to the last statement you just made, and it is yet another reason why I believe baseball is the greatest sport in the history of creation, is that there are live baseball games during the day for one to listen to, and it's not like the NFL, where you basically got one shot, maybe two shots a week to, to watch a game. Even the NBA and the NHL, all their games pretty much exist at night. But for baseball, there's always something to listen to. And so you can fill the long hours in a car by listening to a quick three-hour baseball game. Or even today was a pretty short uh, Blue Jays game, about uh, two and a half hours. Not even, Not even two and a half hours. They're, Mr. Uh, Commissioner Manfred must be very pleased with himself because the pace of play seems to have quickened north of the border. But, yeah, so that's honestly, when, when people ask me, how do you sit in the car for so long, it is that simple. I just listen to baseball, and the time completely flies right by. So let's do, uh, let, let, we do should, you know, we should talk a little bit about Rogers Center. You know, we, we watched the game last night, and we got some of your thoughts while you were sitting there. But now, so far on this tour, you have seen Nationals Park, you have seen Orioles Park, uh, Camden Yards, and you have seen uh, the Rogers Center. So I know we still got a long ways to go, but could you do a little compare and contrasting of some of the things that, you like that some of them did and some of them maybe even that all three of them could do a little bit better. I can't think of anything or that Camden, Camden could do better. I really, I don't know what it would be. Um, they had that delicious, fan, crazy treat of the lump crab meat over waffle chips. What? Who you are thought still, of that? You are still, we, we met uh, an Orioles fan in Cooperstown uh, who's a photographer and of course, Anthony had to bring up the the uh, delicious meal that he had at Camden. I really do think that at the end of this tour, that's going to be your favorite thing that's happened because you your eyes light up when you remember that meal. Well, how often do you get it? Something like that. I mean, I've never seen it before. It had everything I love. It had the the crunchy salty, which I love. It had the delicious fresh crab meat that you can only get in not only, but is especially fresh and and savory in, in, in the Maryland region. 
Well, well, I'll say, you know, it's it's that's something that's very interesting to me. So we were staying with uh, Anthony's very, very, very lovely friends, uh, Jay and Greg. They were amazing. In and, Toronto, you mean? In Toronto, I'm sorry. In Toronto. We were staying with them in Toronto. They very graciously opened up their home to us. And um, sadly, they are not the world's biggest baseball fans. But we were talking a little bit about the food. And I think I caught Jay a little bit off guard when I was telling him about the quality of food that is not only at the Rogers Center, but just in baseball in general. And so as much as I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you are already a big baseball fan, you may not have been able to get to a live game somewhat recently for whatever reason. And I will say that that over the last decade or so, the, the food choices at ballparks across the country have become so varied. It's no longer just peanuts and Cracker Jacks and hot dogs. It is legitimate gourmet food at a lot of these parks. Now, obviously... The price has gone up a little bit to reflect that, but I think some of the meals are absolutely worth it, including in Baltimore. So, especially in Baltimore, <laughs> including. All right, now so, but so now, what about the the Rogers Center? Uh, I also had a pretty good uh, veggie burger. You know, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I do eat the fish and the and the seafood, but I'm a vegetarian. So, so isn't that a pescatarian or am I? I'm a pescatarian. But, okay. You know, but yes, yeah, yeah. You don't like the label? No, it's fine. It's just yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so it's hard for me many times to find something that's not just like popcorn. I mean, I like popcorn, but sure. you know, um, so last night I had a pretty good, it was a pretty good veggie burger at the Rogers Center. And the other thing I appreciated about it was that the, the, the little, they gave it to me in a little bag, but the little bag is made from hundred percent biodegradable paper. So that means also whatever ink they're printing on the paper, or if there's any kind of coating on the paper, it's all, it's a green situation, and I appreciate that, and that and that all the ballparks we've been to have pretty clearly marked recycling bins and things like that, although I still am amazed that so many people put non-recyclables in the clearly marked recycling bins, but, you know, I also know that a lot of carding companies do sort that sort of thing because they make money from sorting, they make money from giving the raw materials, the raw recyclable materials to the recycling companies, so, I mean, it all probably works out in the end anyway, but, <laughs> so, I'm, ha I'm encouraged by all of these things that seem to be taking root. You know, a lot of ballparks are doing that, like you said. Yeah. So, so San Francisco is insane. They're, they're one of the first green ballparks. I mean, I guess, obviously, it's San Francisco. Uh, but they, they have compost there. You know, they have all sorts. You know, it is, I, I feel like that is a, a big step that Major League Baseball is trying to do. Because let's face it, there is a tremendous amount of waste that happens 81 times a year in each stadium. And... Yeah, let's let's try and do whatever we can to, to minimize the damage that we're doing here. Um, so the other thing, so we were talking about comparing and contrasting the various places. I just feel like National Park has very little personality. Um, uh, the the weird presidential mascot dudes with the big heads—they're <laughs> kind of funny. I kind of I appreciated them, um, but the park itself. I didn't love that much. It's weird. And I felt like the Rogers Center is not pretty at all. In fact, it's kind of ugly. And it feels old and kind of, you know, in another era, which it is. But they did have the really good video. The, the use of their video board was exceptional. And um, 
and the sound was not overpowering. The, you know, the music wasn't blaring like a crazy thing. And as my, you know, I've worked in, I've lived for, you know, months at a time and worked in Canada several times over my many years of being in showbiz because there's a lot of showbiz up there. And I've always had really good experiences with Canadian crew members that I've worked with, Canadian people that my friends who live there that I became friends with there. So I was not surprised to see like our the people sitting around us were very friendly and fun and easy to talk to and had that weird dry Canadian sense of humor and all that stuff. So that made the the experience of being in the ballpark very pleasant and you know the ushers anybody we had any kind of interaction with were very friendly and warm and cordial. Absolutely. And and I do want to and you're not wrong. I was I was kind of disappointed with our trip to Nationals Park. Now I've been in that park several times, and I will I will defend my my former very brief hometown for a moment here, and in, in the sense that I feel like we maybe showed up at a at a weird time in their season when they were underperforming. The weather still had wasn't great yet. The kids were still in school, and by kids I mean college kids. And I think that you know uh, the games I've been to at Nationals Park before. While the park in and of itself, really, there's not much to celebrate, the fans, I always thought, were much, much better than what were represented on that night. I think that there's a lot of transplants that come in D.C., and so that encourages a lot of conversation and a lot of camaraderie. But Anthony is not wrong. Our our one-game experience in D.C., sadly this time, really was not fantastic, which... Just means you got to go back more. I think honestly, that's 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 the uh, message here is just keep going back until you have a fun experience. Because I find that no matter what ballpark you're in, there's something special that you can take away from it. So now that we are heading to my home ballpark in Detroit, is there anything that you are looking forward to? Because I guess my you being an NL fan, I would imagine you don't really watch a lot of Tigers games, or at least Tigers games in Comerica Park on television. So do you really even know what it looks like? You're making a wrong assumption, because I've watched the Tigers in the postseason a lot in the last few years, off and on, with the times that they've been there. So I've seen any number of games. I went in the postseason, I watch a lot of ball games of all the teams. I kind of wanted you to say that. You're the, are you just like the fishing man today? You're just like making like fishing man- maneuvers? How about being direct? All right, fine. I'll be direct. I'm trying to entertain myself here. Oh, boy. That's a treat for all of us. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I have notions about what it looks like, but no matter what, when you're in the room itself, like we were, just, we were talking about uh, last night a little bit after the game, that when you've been in a ballpark, then you can... And when you do watch it on TV, you can actually really have a good sense of what it feels like to be in that space. So I'm looking forward to that, sure. And I'm, I'm glad to be, I know it's your home park, and so I'm glad to be there with you. I'm sure that'll be exciting. However, I'm also dreading if it's not a good game for your team, it's going to be miserable sitting next to you. But that's a separate <laughs> issue. You know what, believe it or not, as much as I am a very emotional gentleman, and I do tend to sometimes wear my heart's on my sleeve, you know, I'm my years of covering games in press boxes and when I was forced to be objective and not wear my Tigers gear and cheer and not able to get sad has actually trained me pretty well. Where I, I 
when I'm actually in the ballpark, I, I, I don't enjoy it when the Tigers lose, but I don't turn into a pouty mess that I used to when I was a young lad. When I was a young lad, you're right. You would want to stay far, far away from me when the Tigers would lose. Or for that matter, when the Lions, the Pistons, the Red Wings, or really anybody, I was just not a good person to be around back then. But I, I, I hope, I hope to think that I have matured since then. So we've got a little bit of time to go here on the road before we reach Detroit. Uh, I think when we drive from, from uh, Detroit to Cleveland, which is our next stop, I think Anthony and I are going to play a little bit of a game about our favorite baseball movies. So as far as you guys are concerned, that's going to happen in about 30 seconds. But as far as Anthony and I are concerned, we've got to go a good 24 hours to sit and think about what our favorite baseball movies are and more importantly, which baseball movies we feel that we have missed and we need to maybe revisit or watch for the first time. So we'll see you next time, guys. Uh, actually, we'll talk to you next when we're uh, actually at the ballpark. So we'll see you in Comerica Park, folks. Back in the continental United States, Anthony makes his first trip to the home of the Detroit Tigers. We're gonna end this episode from our seats inside Comerica Park. On next week's show, Anthony and I will dive deep into the magical world of baseball cinema. You will also hear our final thoughts on Copa and our visit to Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio. But now, listen in as I introduce Anthony to the great city of Detroit. I am very happy to announce that Anthony and I are currently sitting about uh, nine or ten rows up behind the Detroit Tigers dugouts. And we are currently enjoying the Detroit Tigers as they take on the Houston Astros. Uh-oh. But as I start recording, that was like, Evan Gaddis took was a ball. One of the craziest looking home runs I've ever seen. And just Did you see the swing on that? It was like he literally swung like he was lunging and his bat was like level to the field. It, he, it was not a big swing at all with no carry through and it went out to Straight away left field. Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis is a very, 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 very strong man, and he doesn't wear batting gloves. And so, 161 games out of 162, I enjoy him. But today, I'm a bit annoyed by him because he has been hitting the ball hard against Anibal Sanchez. But Anthony, I am way too just tied into this ballpark to give an objective answer as to whether it's great or not. I try to put on my journalist hat and say there are flaws to it, but I do think it's one of the best parks in the country. How have you been enjoying your time here at Comerica Park so far? Oh, it's definitely one of the best parks I've been to by far, yeah. Um, like I said, the only thing that I'm, it's such a minor quibble, but the out-of-town scoreboard is, um, it's like rotates, it doesn't have, it only can show four games at a time, and I like it when you can see them all. You know, I'm used to that at Wrigley. I'm used to that at PNC, which is another park that I've been to a bunch. Um, and I haven't even paid as attention to as close attention to that as, as some of the other parks. But we have such a direct line to it right now, and so that's that's like the only thing really. Um, it's a little weird that the, it's it's unusual that the that the video board and the scoreboard is like so tucked into the corner of 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 left field, the left field corner. So that's kind of strange, but it, I don't think it's a problem exactly. Well, I and I do understand why because it. It allows you to really see the skyline of, of Detroit with the, the beautiful buildings and all that. Exactly. Um, it really opens up the city, and so it's not distracting. Where we're sitting right now 
I can see the scoreboard from our periphery, but really as I'm watching, I'm not really distracted by any video monitors or really any moving images. I'm just watching baseball, which is one of the reasons why this is, these are some of my favorite seats in the ballpark to sit in. Uh, can you just tell me some of the things about Copa maybe that uh, have, there we go, we got a strike out there. Anibal Sanchez, after a rough first inning, has, has settled down quite a bit. The Tigers are currently 10K, leading. 10K. That is his 10th strikeout. The Tigers are currently leading 7-4, to four, so clearly I am a happy man. But uh, just can you talk about some of the things maybe that you've enjoyed about the park specifically? Are you fishing again? Kind of. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that's really impressive, and maybe I haven't noticed it because the, the, the Tigers gear is so, like, bold, but there, I, think, I feel like there's more gear on people's bodies here than I've seen at any ballpark. Maybe ever. Maybe I, ever. I, I think that's a very astute observation. I think, you know, last night, Anthony and I stayed with some friends of mine, uh, Jessica and Adam, and I think, you know, you got to know them a little bit and, and see how big of sports fans they are. And I got to say, that is kind of the norm here in Detroit. Pretty much people in the suburbs, people in the cities, no matter who you are, men, women, old, young, sports, is something that is so ingrained in this culture. And so, yeah, as you look around, uh, not in Tiger Stadium, but Comerica Park, you'll see jerseys from bygone eras. I've seen a Bonderman jersey, a Whitaker jersey, a Morris jersey. Uh, you know, you, you see Lions jerseys, you see Wolverines jerseys, you see Spartans jerseys, you see Red Wings jerseys. It's this place, pretty much every person that is here has something on, whether it's a hat, a shirt, uh, you know, a wristband, whatever it is people are representing the uh, D. Uh, a wrist wristband? I've seen some wristbands. I've seen the, the Tiger wristband. I absolutely oh. noticed Tiger wristbands. There were a couple of young ladies that walked by earlier that had some very, very bright wristbands that walked right in my face. So Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I need to go. And oh, it's a foul ball right above us. That one landed about 10 rows behind us. You know, every time I record, yeah, Anthony tried to reach for it. But unfortunately, he was about, I don't know, what, 30 feet too short for that? Probably. <laughs> When I go to games with my friend Monica, every every foul ball, no matter where it is in the park, she's like, "You got this. You got it. it's yours." <laughs> she has faith in you. I like her. Yeah. I've never caught a foul ball. Neither have I. It's my secret shame. Over a thousand baseball games, not one foul ball has landed in my hands. But uh, or home run ball. Or home run ball. Or I mean, I, I had I had some ground screw guys throw me a ball, which doesn't count in the same way. My ball hawk friend Zach claims that that is it counts some, as something. It counts it, as something. Uh, doesn't count as what we're talking. About. Exactly. But I need to focus on the action on the field. So we will talk to you guys when we're on our way to Cleveland. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located on 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale, it's even got amazing baseball fans that are always hanging out on the bleachers inside the store. I understand if you can't make it into Bergino's in person, so then do me a favor. Just please visit Bergino.com, B-E-R-G-I-N-O.com, and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and logo were designed by Ronan Jorah. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. That just makes it easier for other folks to be able to find out about this podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at ClubhousePod. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. 
for guest ideas, baseball stories, or just to say hello, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. To learn more about the specific baseball moments we discussed on the show, pictures, and more, please visit us at clubhousepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.